Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Okay, hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Chris Ferry, and this is my co-host. I'm Chris Huddleston. And we are pretty excited to be joining you today to talk about a movie that was a complete surprise to me. I can't believe I went through my entire life not knowing about this movie. Um, but uh, what we're going to be talking about today is The Wraith. An evil force took his life. An unearthly power has brought him back. He is a phantom, a wraith, a cosmic spirit given another chance. Uh, are you new in town? Yeah. Who's the kid? I turned my back and the next second he was there. Like magic almost. You ever seen one of those before? Nah, let's just add it to our collection. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. Shotgun, Mama Luca. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing? Packard, stop Get it. in the car! What are you doing, man? You Get out of my go. face, Burger Boy! You wind up dead like your brother! Chris, do you have a synopsis prepared to share? I do. I tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to just read from uh, the IMDb, their uh, summation. It's short, but it's pretty great. So here's how it goes. Packard Walsh. We'll talk about we got to talk about that name. But Packard Walsh and his <laughs> motorized gang control and terrorize an Arizona desert town where they force drivers to drag race so they can win their vehicles. After Walsh stabs the decent teenager, Jamie Hawkins, to death for being intimate with a girl whom Walsh wants for himself, the mysterious Jake Kate Casey arrives, an extremely cool motorbiker with an invincible car. Jake befriends Jamie's girlfriend, Carrie Johnson, takes Jamie's sweet brother, Billy, under his wing, and manages what Sheriff's, Sheriff Loomis cannot, the methodical and otherworldly elimination of Packard's criminal gang. I think that's a pretty good summary of, of the movie. It's an excellently written summary of the movie. Uh, it misses a lot of the, the glory that is watching the film, but it does exactly. hit all of the bases. I, one of the first things that blew me away on this one was the cast, because we got Charlie Sheen, we've got Randy Quaid, and we've got Clint Howard. All mm -hmm. three people that, you know, it's fun to see in their younger selves. There's also some other names in here that I think you'd recognize. Um, 
whether or not you know the names, there's it's full of faces that look familiar. Exactly. Uh, you also have uh, Sherilyn Finn. Now, I don't know. Are you a Twin Peaks fan at all? I never got all that into, I'm ashamed to say, I never got all that into uh, Twin Peaks. I was never, I wanted to like it, you know, when it originally came out, uh -huh, you know, yeah. it was such a hot thing. And I never really got into it, but the the third season, which David Lynch just did a couple of years ago, you really don't have to watch the first two seasons at all. You That's a must watch. You, you have to watch that. It's just... Okay insane i mean it's uh we can talk about that later but but the third season of twin peaks is just amazing i got but anyway you. so sherilyn fenn was she was famous from that i don't she has a lot of acting credits i i don't know that that a film career ever really materialized for her too much but you know she's another uh you know she was kind of on the brink of stardom at the time and charlie sheen i saw an interview with him um, a couple of weeks ago around the time that I watched this movie. Um, he, uh, at the, this was the same year that he did platoon and Oliver Stone was really upset with him for doing this movie. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, he does this, I don't know if he, did he win an Oscar for platoon? I know it was an Oscar, you know, nominated, but it's like, I, I don't you go remember. from this to, I think platoon was like a few months after this, when it came out. I thought you were going to say, did he win an Oscar for this? No, no, he should <laughs> have. Decided, decidedly not. But, um, that's fascinating. The proximity of this to, uh, to that movie, because, oh, there's just, uh, I'll, I'll just, it's a terrible movie but it's also a great movie. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's so rare to find one that is both simultaneously, that has so many flaws and imperfections that you think, oh, this is, God, this is awful, but you can't stop watching it. And there's lots and lots to love in it too. Oh, for sure. This, this is the definition of so bad. It's, it's good. And you know, I want this is one of these movies, and I think this is is where '80s movies are so different from movies today. the the the, the cast and crew had to know that this was a dumb movie, <laughs> but it but it seems like this was made earnestly. Yeah, you know, very. in that I, I I you know today people will purposely try to make a bad movie, right. which which doesn't work. You know, you a you can't manufacture a cult film basically. Right. And I think, you know, like with the styles and everything. So, you know, you see Charlie Sheen, he pulls up on a motorcycle. And when he first meets Sherilyn Fenn, he's wearing a sleeveless jean jacket with no shirt underneath. Sure. And then the bully, the, the villain who you meet later, he also is wearing a jacket with no shirt underneath. <laughs> and, you know, if, if somebody made a movie and they did that today, they would be, you know, it would be ironic or they're trying to make that funny or whatever. I think they probably just thought, oh, that looks cool to have oh, a, shirt, yeah. a jacket with no. And and think and, you know, we would have been a little bit younger than the characters uh, in this movie at, at the time that this came out. Right. Were they like you, seniors in high school? That's probably? the thing that I never could quite figure out. Were they supposed to be in high school? Were they supposed to be in college? I, I wasn't sure. 
It's summer. What? It's Arizona, but it's summertime, and we 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 pick up the ingenue from her job and stuff. So I, it's not clear yeah. if it's a summer job or or maybe they're just out of. It's uh, it's it's clearly pitched at the high school crowd. Yeah, definitely. But you know, we were around at this time. Like I say, we weren't high school or college age. But did people, was that a thing? Like, did guys wear jackets with no shirt underneath? I well, mean, <laughs> you could apply that. You could apply that metric, that question to all kinds of like, did, was drag racing for pink slips <laughs> still a thing in 1986? I mean, I guess, it's not I 1952. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you, so much of the 80s, as, you know, filmmakers are making movies today. And they grew up in the 80s, so they're doing all these homages to the 80s. You had these directors back then that they were probably kids in the 50s, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they this was what they were nostalgic about. But one thing that was really funny, so the movie opens with this Packard. Again, why is your villain name Packard? You know, that's not an intimidating name or anything. It's a perfect, but let me pause right there because it's okay, a perfect sure. mashup of all the different styles that, that that's indicative of the whole movie. He looks like, like in my memory of the movies from the 80s that I'm the most fond of, mm -hmm. the 80s villain is the kind of rich white kid with the popped collar and the feathered hair. And he outskis you or and or he's got the flashier car and or he's got the awesome mansion his parents live in. Right. And or he throws the best parties and dates the best girl. Right. And so sure. Packard fits right into that trope of like, true. Look who just walked in Packard. <laughs> you know, is that yeah, kind yeah. of 80s guy. Uh, and look, frankly, uh, he's the head of this kind of vicious gang. And we see in the flashback that he he and his gang murder somebody, which seems you're like, what? What is this? Yeah. Um, and I loved with the with the drag race at the beginning. So they just go up to this couple, basically. So it's, you know, this Packard and his gang, as you mentioned, and they just go around and drag race people, I guess. And he goes up to this couple and it's like forces the guy to race right and they make by threatening some... his girl by threatening the the girlfriend yeah exactly and they make some kind of a comment i, I don't know if it's before or after the race but it's like you know it's the rules or it's the law or whatever that you know you're racing for pinks and it's like i i remember watching it and thinking so like that holds up in court or something it's like well we raced for pink so well, yeah, when you watch the whole movie, do, yeah. pardon the spoilers, these are people that are willing to murder. So yeah, just, yeah. Why not just steal his car? Yeah, like, yeah. Why race him for it? <laughs> A race in which Packard cheats. I don't understand. Like, what's the whole, for whom is this charade? Yeah. <laughs> just stealing a guy's car. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, um, and and then you have... So when Charlie Sheen, when the car appears, right, it's just sort of these orbs come out of the sky and then they form the car or whatever. Right. And then, uh, you know, he, and, and we find out later on that he is um, one of the people that they murdered earlier and he's reincarnated for whatever reason. There's never any explanation as to right. where that comes from. Why it comes from outer space or space you know, ghost? Why yeah. is he a space wraith? Yeah. Why doesn't he look like the the 
and we say one of the murdered we only see evidence that he's killed one person although he's constantly threatening it like this right. guy doesn't fit into society his behavior is <laughs> it's completely outside of the bounds of what the cop or any of the other town officials would tolerate like exactly he's, he's utterly men menacing in a way in ways that i find completely implausible with real life but um but we do only have evidence that he killed the one person and somehow this one person has come back from space <laughs> as a kind of a cosmonaut in a future car um so you've got the 80s cool car you got the 80s like he, sort of a motorcycle outfit that he's wearing um but then he's kind of cruising around town on the back of a motorbike as charlie sheen a uh, spoiler alert sorry everybody uh it's pretty clear from the get-go because he's all cut up in consistent ways and you'd have to be severely not paying attention to put it together um and that was something that i wondered wondered about is it you know it's obviously a mystery to the characters you know the characters oh you know, yeah don't find out and you know they find out as they go along and and some of the characters don't even discover until the very end who he right. is as the viewer is it supposed to be a mystery i mean like you said it's obvious from the beginning but are you supposed to you I know is it supposed so. to take you a while to piece it together i you know? think so i think there's supposed to be like these telltale clues like he goes to the beach and meets he has the scars deceased. on his back so crazy scars yeah and like one on his neck and it's like so severe that you'd comment on it i mean you right. would try and do if you were a nice person you would do it in a polite way but you'd be like are you okay <laughs> he looked like he'd been through a wood chipper <laughs> yeah exactly and why is he a totally different person but he has these scars i don't know you know and then there's this sort of other thing that's like as people die so he uses this race trope to kind of get the gang back and one at a time we work our way up to the boss fight um and he basically what he does is he uses his supercar to get out in front of him and then he pulls you know into a a perpendicular position and they crash into his car and the whole thing goes up in flames and then the car just sort of reforms out of light or whatever mm -hmm. when they pull the body from the wreckage instead of being all burned and mutilated it looks perfectly uh normal except like it's been sucked of all its life life essence right and the eyes yeah. are all empty and it freaks everybody out but you know that raises so many questions <laughs> it's like well okay so it's the corpse still didn't burn like i don't understand why did so how what are the mechanics of this space wraith like that i took from it that he's healing his scars by absorbing the life force of his victims uh vengeance victims but it's i hadn't really thought of that but again, that's a good it's yeah. a guess because <laughs> i was left being like what why is this well and what? also after each uh you know after he kills each of them he has a like a brace appears right um, and it and disappears or whatever and, wow. and i never really because it, it wasn't like it it didn't seem like it was forming his his outfit or whatever did, no. did you think i mean no i, I didn't know like, what that was supposed to be it was like crazy like lightweight pipe that he had wrapped around his legs and looked a little bit like ricketts braces on his legs and like one of those fancy slingshots that you used to you know you like an arm brace slingshot had that little tube that wrapped around your forearm exactly and yeah it made a big point of like pushing it real close on this 
thing that sort of then turned white and faded away or something. I was like, yeah, we we know it's the same guy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was also the space race. You're like, yeah, who, who else would it have been? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, why I didn't that little piece that... doesn't fade away with the rest of it immediately? I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah, I, I didn't. And, you know, essentially, this is kind of it's kind of set up like a slasher movie in a yeah. way, you know, yeah. but what what it lacks that say like the Friday of the 13th movies or something like that have, there's no creative creativity in the kills. They do the same thing every time he just right. drives through their car and it blows up, you know? Right. And it's down to the dialogue of the gang. It's a big gang. It's yeah. uh, what, like eight people. And it's like, Oh, it's my turn. I'm going to get this guy now. Right. And then they sort of shoulder to the front and hop in the car and blam, they're gone. Right. None of them, they don't learn anything. They all do it the same way. (laughs) No, it's like, you're not going to beat the space race guys. Um, Yeah. There's a lot going on because it it had elements of a slasher movie. And then he has these two kind of tweakers that are the kind of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 of the movie. They're these kind of clowns. They are uh, gutter boy and skank. (laughs) skank and, and they drink them, he, yeah well one of them does do they both yeah. i think it's just the one I, I i i can't remember i think that's gutter boy who drinks what is it antifreeze or or brake fluid or something like that it and that's seems, like how he gets high it seems to change like he doesn't huff it doesn't seem like he's huffing a single thing it's like he worked they work in the junkyard and he seems to drink just about anything that's supposed to go in a car Mm-hmm. and it messes him up pretty good. Um, and they work in this weird airplane, uh, like <laughs> junkyard where they're taking parts off of planes, you know? And it's, uh, oh, there's so much to get to while well, we're talking about locales. So the gang has got like this chop shop base. That's huge. It's like yeah. a huge warehouse garage full of like, in beautiful 80s style, full of like neon and, you know, glam lighting. And it's just full of these fancy cars that they've essentially stolen. I raced for, but uh, essentially stolen. There's a scene where the Wraith shows up with a sort of space gun and like blows the place up. Mm -hmm. But it made me wonder like, A, why doesn't he just, shoot them all like why race them to death um and b why show up to the place and effectively trash the place without hurting any of the people that you're out it just seemed like a complete non sequitur did that make any sense to you no it it didn't and i loved the i'm glad you brought up this garage because the outside it's like this dilapidated barn right but inside, like you said, it's super, you know, high tech and and fancy. And we never see anybody's homes basically in this. So we don't like like Packard. He seems to live in the uh, in the garage. It seems like because he has uh, there's a scene where he has like a bed in there and he's with a you know with a girl yeah. in there. But uh, do they? You don't know if you know like like you were saying, you know, he seems like the, the stereotypical eighties, rich douchebag guy, but we don't know if, you know, we don't see anybody's parents or anything like that. So we don't know if he is this rich guy 
do they are they funding their operation by stealing people's cars you know that they that they win in these drag races and then they sell them or something like how do they have this money for this extravagant garage you know it is it is never addressed although my hunch would be that the money is more related to the name packard than it is to the uh, true yeah 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 because they don't seem to have a straight head on their shoulders uh true and why also why does the gang hang out with him and why does he hang out with he he seems to have you know he's like this rich guy and they're just kind of these you know losers they're just losers. losers And I get, I guess maybe you could say because he's such a bad guy, nobody else would be friends with him basically. And he, you know, he just bullies them and everything, but it's like, why does he hang out with them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the Clint Howard character is one of the most interesting characters. In the he movie. steals the movie, I think. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's my favorite character. It's it. great. He's yeah. Rughead. And he seems to, um, it's like they're trying to like Rughead was not there apparently for the murder and it's like they're the and one thing we mustn't him. do is yeah we we mustn't let rughead know how bad we really are or he'll bounce and mm-hmm. it turns out the rughead's known all along or put it together rughead's no dummy yeah he's got a, like some genius mechanic or something you know but it it tries to stitch together this narrative that packard is simultaneously the rich 80s cool guy douchebag and a psychotic murderer right. and they give him dialogue along the lines of like if if i can't have you nobody will and he sort of has a switchblade again a kind of weird throwback to the 50s yeah yeah. <laughs> that he, he that it doesn't look like he's ever held before like he's sort of fondling it the way you might try and balance a knife in your hand it's just you know and he sort of caresses her cheek with it there's no real menace to this performance uh whatsoever except for everybody else acting like oh i can't defy packard or else you know i don't know he'll kill me or something um it's it's extremely bizarre oh sure and she doesn't it doesn't ever appear that she is his girlfriend that they really have a relationship he just goes around and and if he sees her with another guy you know he gets mad now, the actor that plays Packard is Nick Cassavetes. Do you know anything about him? Nick Cassavetes. I don't. He is a director. Name. He directed The Notebook. <laughs> he directed The Notebook, uh, John Q, another movie that's, called My Sister's Keeper. That's where um, I know the name. Yeah. And it looks like he's directing the, uh, they're doing a remake of The Roadhouse, and it looks like he's going to be the director of that. Unbelievable. We got to see that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's, you know, the guy has gone on to. Related to John Cassavetes? I'm assuming. I I don't know for sure, but yeah, I I would think. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, Son of actress Gina Rowlands and uh, film director John Cassavetes. Yeah. So, so he's, and, and he's, and that's another thing that's funny about this is, you know, Sherilyn Fenn, you know, she was young. She looked like she could be a high school kid or, you know, uh, 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 Charlie Sheen, you know, looks young in this. But Nick Cassavetes looks like he's 30. Yeah. You know? So, again, it's like that that just kind of lends to this bizarre, which they, you know, they've kind of always done that with movies, you know, have 30 year olds, you know, playing high school kids. But. But I mean, he just seems so much older than her. 
It's crazy. It is crazy. And then we have uh, Randy Quaid as the sheriff, who is Quaid. And he had to, you know, his dialogue is so. I I, I took a couple of quotes. Um, (laughs) I just want to read a couple of these because there's one line where he says, uh, Oh, now this isn't his line that's great, but he says, I don't need a warrant when I have this badge. And Gutter Boy says, But we know our constipational rights. Yeah. That that's was a great line. That's a classic. He, he says, okay, pal, time to drain the drug overdose sloshing around above your eyebrows and tell me who the dude was driving that other car. <laughs> and then the, uh, and then later he says, uh, well, you listen good, skank. I know it's going to be hard with your melon on chemical overload, but there's a killer out there and I'm going to track the hairball down. So when you two crater heads get finished mining for nose gold and you get a relapse of memory, you let me know, huh? I'm just a phone call away. I'm I mean, just a phone call away. Yeah, I mean he he's chewing up scenery in this in this movie big time. You know, I think well, maybe some of the other people are trying to be serious, but he knows he's in a ridiculous movie and he's having fun with it. And I will say something about him as an actor is, you know, you can't take your eyes off him. Can't oh, yeah. him, and he's just everything he does. There is one scene where he witnesses. I think he sees the space card fly away and it sort of turns into light or something. And there's this reaction shot of him watching that happen where he looks genuinely stunned and it's a laughable moment in the film, but it really lands like, and he's a funny looking guy. He's got that huge gap in his teeth and he's got kind of buck teeth and, but he is the quintessential um, film star in the sense that you just can't take your eyes off of him. Yeah, it's it's a shame that he, you know, apparently kind of lost his mind a few years ago. Because obviously, I mean, you know, he had some great roles in the '80s and '90s. You know, with uh, with well, you know, this is underappreciated, I think, this movie. But you know, the uh, the vacation films, you know, and all that. Sure. Um, sure. I, I mean, but that his dialogue is another example of how this feels like a huge smush up because it's more like. Um, it's more like the kind of overwritten run on dialogue from the black and white forties. Um, for sure. You know, detective films like, ah, you're going to take a long walk. See, of a short pier and it just exactly. keeps going on and on and on, you know, and in his dialogue is overwritten in a similar way. Felt like they tried to update a little bit for it, like eighties lingo. Right. But nobody else in the film speaks like that. No. Yeah. It's almost like he's in a different movie or something, yeah. you know? Like you yeah. said, he's kind of he's kind of a throwback character, and you know, kind of getting back to the eighties, uh, the difference between eighties movies and now. I have a theory, and this isn't an original theory at all, but uh, I always just wonder. You know, movies at this time, everything was so weird. Then, you know, movies were weird, fashion was weird, music was weird. You know, we were kids; we were in the middle of it, so. You know, you don't necessarily notice all this until you look back later. But cocaine had to be such a huge influence on this movie, I would think. You know, (laughs) I mean, I don't know anything about cocaine. I don't know what a lot of cocaine is, but there, whatever a lot is, there had to be a lot on the set for this film. You know, they did get great music. I was oh yeah, constantly, constantly like did. 
you know, licensing change or was this because today, if you're going to have all of these, like some of it felt written for the movie, but some of it was actually top 40 um, tunes. And I'm like, yeah. did you not used to have to pay an arm and a leg to license a, I wondered about that too, own man. it or something. I, you know, I wondered about that too, because like you said, there, there's like an Ozzy Osbourne song in this and yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know if that's, uh, um, you know, if that, if it was just easier to license music back then or not, uh, you know, it, the movie looks great and the special effects are corny and cheesy, but I actually really liked them like for a nickel and a dime. I thought they were sort of surprising and original, uh, they didn't make any sense, but they, they looked good when like the car would fade in, fade out. Um, the style was extremely nostalgic for me. It took me right back to high school when everybody, you know, was rocking those popped collars. And there was a kind of short skirt that it wasn't as short as skirts had ever been, but there was just something about it. Maybe it was the pairing with a pair of cowboy boots or something that, you know, it took me right back to that time in my life when, there was the sort of awe of the opposite sex, awe of girls and the pretty girls in particular. Sure. Um, and, and the fact that the soundtrack was so of the time and so a uh, top shelf, it just made the whole thing. It elevated the whole thing. And so you got to really enjoy it on those levels and, and still look at the places where not only the dialogue was weird, but the logic of like human beings simply don't act this way. Like when, somebody does this another person in their presence would certainly never do that right uh yeah and the movie's kind of shot through with places where you felt like oh no you know something totally different needs to happen in the movie like okay well we'll just make it there's a couple places where it just takes a left turn off the page and it's like <laughs> you say you're just throwing out logic to get from a to b here it happens a lot oh yeah Definitely. But hey, hey it's Chris, hugely entertaining movie. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you're picking this up or not, but my dog is like, she's walking around and sniffing and stuff. I don't know if that's coming through on. The, I'm not hearing it, although maybe we're recording okay. it. That's cool. What's okay, your dog's name? Uh, Olivia. Olivia. Um, which, which I can take her in the other room and just put a gate up if, if you think it's going to be a problem. No, I don't think it's a problem at all. Okay. In fact, you know, I'm just keeping an eye on the time. We're, we're kind of coming down to it. Do you want to, um, you want to shift over to kind of summarizing your thoughts? I mean, I would say for me, highly recommended. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you got to check out this movie. Um, there's just so much to delight in here. And, and like we, like we said before, um, so you had you weren't aware of this movie at all, right? When I told you about it, I had never heard of it. Okay, I had I was aware of this movie, but only in the last couple of years. I think it's kind of gained a a cult following fairly recently. I was not. I don't know how we missed this when we were kids because I <laughs> think this would have been something that we would have been obsessed with. Oh you know? yeah. But my brother-in-law, so my brother-in-law is, uh, he's about six years younger than us. And um, he, I, I actually watched it with him a couple of weeks ago. And this was one that he and his brothers watched when they were kids because he said it was on HBO all the time. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, this is one of these movies that um, it's it's definitely underappreciated. As I said, I think it's, it's over the last few years has started to gain 
kind of a following. It's not available on Blu-ray as far as I know. I, I think, um, so we watched this on Tubi. Uh, that's where you watched it, right? That's correct. Yeah. And there's some yeah, so, ads they push in, but it's not. Yeah. But it's a good, like, it's a good print. It looks really good. Um, I, I thought, um, but I, I guess this was last, uh, I guess this came out on DVD in like 2010 or something like that. So it's, this is prime for like shout factory or somebody like that to make a, a really, uh, high quality Blu-ray of this. But yeah, this is the, as I said before, this is kind of the definition of so bad it's good. This is a movie where, you know, it, it doesn't seem that, like they were intending to make, I think they knew it was funny in some ways because of the dialogue and everything. But, but I think in a lot of ways they thought, oh, this is cool. You know, we're going to have this cool car and everybody's going to wear these cool outfits and things like that. And so it's, this is kind of the perfect movie to just, you know, watch with some friends, with some beers, you know, and uh, yeah, this is, this is highly recommended for me. I agree. I think that, you know, maybe if this pandemic thing blows over and we're able to get together on the holidays when we're in the same place, this would be a perfect screening for you oh, and I to do. Sure. Pick for a sure. couple of craft beers to try out and just sit down and enjoy this all over again on a big screen. Just, yeah. Man. And, you know, when I when I watch this with brother-in-law, it's I don't know what it's like 80 or 90 minutes or something like that. You know, yeah. it's the perfect, perfect length. And. I think it took us over three hours to watch it because we would stop every five or 10 minutes and just, you know, just to laugh or to comment on things, you know, how ridiculous it was like, why are they doing this? What is, you know, what's the purpose of this? You know? Uh, so yeah, it's a, this is a perfect kind of movie to, you know, just get together with some guys and, and some beers, you know? I agree. Well, I think we're at our time to wrap it up and keep these things short and sweet. So let's, um, Let's reconvene again soon and we'll watch another uh, priceless gem of some kind. Do you have ideas for what? I, I don't know. We can talk about it offline. I, I'm not sure that I've got one locked and loaded, although I've been watching the Robocop movies again. Oh, are, yeah. Those are great. To, those are great. To, I, I've got a couple of couple of ideas that we'll, we'll have to go over. Terrific. All right. Well, we're going to leave you in anticipation, dear listeners, and uh, we're going to sign up for now. Highly recommended. Go check out The Wraith from 1986.